How aware are you of what's really going on inside your body and how does it affect you? Today we're talking about interoception. So it's that conscious and sometimes unconscious, well, the, the expression of knowing what's really happening inside of your body. And we're going to explore how that can affect you, well, how that can affect you psychologically in your life. Mm -hmm. And essentially how learning to improve your interoception can actually be really important. If you'd like to find out how you can improve your relationships or create a more fulfilling relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free resources and our online course, The Relationship Maze. And you can take our free argument style quiz and discover your argument style in relationships. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's episode of The Relationship Maze. And today we're talking about interoception. Yeah, so interoception is a term that was coined, I think, by the neuroscientist Amasio. And it's this idea of um, having some sort of internal sense of what you're experiencing. So it's used in, in, in biological terms, for example, sensing when you might be hungry or sensing when you might be... Um, when you might feel very sad. Um, so having that kind of internal sensor that tells you what you are experiencing and then also what you might need to act on. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fascinating as well, because I mean, I, I remember when I studied uh, sort of some sports science as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of it, it's also it's that body's way of regulating. So mm -hmm. all the time, our body is sensing what's going on inside of our organs, inside mm -hmm. of, the, you know, if mm -hmm. we get hot, you know, we start to sweat. We don't think mm. about doing that. Mm. It happens automatically mm -hmm. because we have this uh, sensory feedback that's going on in, internally all of the time. That's right. But we also have that awareness, like you said, where some of it is conscious because a lot of it is unconscious. Yeah. Uh, and the stuff that's conscious, like you said, would be an awareness of, are we hungry? Mm -hmm. Is a heartbeat beating faster? Mm -hmm. um, a sense of, you know, the blood flow in different parts of the body even. Mm -hmm. So, and we've seen with some people that... Um, have done a lot of mindfulness and meditation practice. Not everybody, it doesn't mean yeah. just doing lots is gonna help you with this, but you know, some people seem to be able to have that deeper connection and awareness of you know, the heart rates, maybe blood pressure, mm -hmm. and seem to be able to also have you know, sometimes some influence over that, which mm -hmm. really comes from starting with that awareness. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah, and it's often also interoception is kind of in a way, the signs, so to speak, behind what we might call intuition, right? Well, I wonder how, how do you see that as, I mean, there is, yeah, I think I can see how you could bring mm -hmm. that together, but how would you relate those? So um, with intuition, intuition um, is this kind of unfathomable, unfathomable, I can't pronounce it, um, uh, sensation that you have, the gut instinct, yeah, the gut feeling that tells you that something is right or wrong. Yeah, so for example, you have to make a decision. Uh, should I go out tonight or, or actually should I invest in this particular project here? And you might have a feeling about it one way or the other. So I wonder whether that sometimes also ties into these unconscious uh, processes, internal processes, where your intuition is guided, so to speak, by what you are, by your interoception, by, you know, by uh, organic responses, so to speak. 
Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, some of this is really important. The more we can tune into this, you mm -hmm. know, it becomes very important in terms of being aware of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that intuition as well, mm -hmm. I think it's really important to listen to that feeling, mm -hmm. but also know that it, it can be wrong. And that, you know, particularly there's been research, like, for example, uh, major decisions made in business mm -hmm. based on that gut instinct, mm -hmm. which should prove to be completely wrong. Yes. So I think we also have to know that we can't just rely on that and it's sort of I suppose the more we kind of become aware of it the more we can kind of maybe even teach that feedback mechanism to become more helpful well exactly so it's not really uh, I'm not really arguing in favor of trusting your intuition or not but I think there's a there's a relationship here between intuition and interoception yeah so there's a sort of there's a, a, a mechanism here that might explain the phenomenon of intuition yeah that you might feel more pulled into one or the other direction yeah and I think actually because when I brought up the intuition about not mm. always trusting that to me that's also really important with interoception yeah because sometimes we have a problem where for example somebody who has a panic attack mm -hmm. starts to feel a feeling in their chest mm -hmm. and sometimes that feeling may not actually be what they think it is and a lot most of the time it isn't sort of like I'm having a heart attack my heart's beating so fast it, it's not going to be able to cope mm -hmm. where our mind starts to put this extra dialogue or monologue onto that experience that's inside and sometimes that's distorted mm -hmm. so I think again this is one of the things of interoception mm -hmm. is you know, it can be incredibly useful to have that awareness mm -hmm. and we'll talk more about that in a mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. but it can also be problematic when we have a distorted awareness mm -hmm. or when our awareness is so focused on something that it causes us to filter everything else out like like anxiety yeah. where you know I've, I've worked mm -hmm. with people who mm -hmm. maybe have started to have a feeling in the stomach Mm. and they're not sure what it is it's a tightness or a mm. kind of butterflies mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. and you know some people start saying well that must be anxiety mm -hmm. when you know it may be but it may also not be and then it builds up into this whole you know I'm, I'm suffering from anxiety mm -hmm. this anxiety is taking over and all of their focus is on this feeling mm -hmm. which stops them from being able to engage with the rest of their experience of the world Absolutely, I think, and you're making a really important point here. One is the your experience from the inside out, so your interoception of what you are experiencing on an organic level internally in your body. But the completely other thing is the interpretation. It's mm. the sort of what you do with that. Mm. And that's exactly the point with anxiety that, you know, you might have an interoception here, which in and of itself is neutral, doesn't indicate one or the other, doesn't indicate that there is something that's scary here. But there is a, a signal in your body, maybe an increase in your heart rate because there's some other factor here that you then interpret as something that I need to be anxious about. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it could be you know, even where there's that sort of feeling that every time, you know, cause, because we focus a lot on relationships, mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about... Yeah. And our course, relationshipmaze.com, in terms of you know how we need to learn about ourselves first of all, we need to learn about the other, mm -hmm. and we can misinterpret things. Mm -hmm. Like you know, if every time we meet somebody, we have that experience of that interoception that your heart skips a beat, which probably you know that term isn't accurate mm -hmm. anyway. But there's that feeling like your heart's pounding stronger. Mm -hmm. If we may start to interpret that as well, I must have feelings for this person. Mm -hmm. Or I must be anxious. Yeah, or I must be anxious. We could right. actually interpret it in different ways. So like mm. you said, one person that may be, well, I must have some sort of feeling of connection for this person. Mm. But for somebody else, it must be, it could be, I just get anxious. Yes. 
I think what's uh, sort of uh, important here, and I think why we why we decided to talk about interoception is the sort of how does it help us? You know, how is it helpful to to think about interoception in terms of getting to know yourself a bit better? Yeah, and and for me, and I'd be interested to see your mm. thoughts about this. For me, interoception because this really is to do with that you know, the feedback mechanisms in the body. Mm-hmm. Then there's different types of, you know, we have we have other sort of terms like reflexiveness and other things mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. reflecting how we feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is really almost much more sensory based. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think where this can become really useful is when we come into self-regulation. Yes. So, you know, in terms of when we do get anxious, when we do get into, or when our body gets into a heightened state, when the sympathetic nervous system is active, Mm-hmm. And actually really noticing actually what's going on in the body. Because when we notice that, essentially having that awareness can allow us to, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, whether it's you know, using techniques like meditation, mindfulness, uh, even ACTS. So we've talked about ACTS before, mm-hmm. uh, something, an area that I'm very interested in. It's sort of, you know, like, for example, with anxiety, where if your focus totally goes into that feeling in your gut and you're thinking about all you're thinking about is anxiety, the whole thing can turn into a panic attack. Yes. You know, because we get so focused on it. Mm. But when we allow ourselves to give space to that feeling, space to the thoughts, and allow ourselves to be aware of other things that are going on as well... That can be present, mm. but it doesn't need to consume us. Mm-hmm. So, but once we have that awareness, we can then shift our awareness outside as well. So I think, you know, that interoception and also being aware of what's really going on versus what's being distorted in my mind. For me, that's important. Uh, exactly. That's the point that I was trying to make. It's, it's kind of separating out a little bit the, the thinking, the cognitions here, the cognitive processes and the the uh, bodily sensations, so to speak, if we, can, you know, if we can distinguish in that way, what are we experiencing below our head, so to speak, mm. to simplify, to be quite clear that, one, that sometimes they're related, but sometimes they're not necessarily related. So sometimes, of course, they are related in the sense of something arises in the body and therefore I have a particular thought, but equally I can have a particular thought and I can feel something as a result of that. But the more we have clarity, so to speak, what is one and what's the other, the more we can uh, regulate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and sometimes as well, we, we are, some of our responses in situations become conditioned mm-hmm. through this interoceptive response. There was, um, I remember when I studied psychologists, uh, psychology, psychology yeah. uh, there was experiments done on rats where they'd be presented with uh They'd be presented with a particular type of food that had been uh, given some sort of poison that would mm. uh, m- mean the rats became mm. sick, um, which, you know, I know it's very unpleasant, these mm. types of experiments, but basically what would then happen is later on, at some point in the future, if the food, the same food was presented to the rats, the rats would totally avoid it because mm. they've learned from that experience that, you know, you avoid this because it could cause risk yeah. and it's the same with, uh, with humans response, as well right? yeah. so we're mm-hmm. same with humans that you know if we have an experience where we eat some food and mm. then we come down with sort of sickness or diarrhea um, basically we would tend to associate that to the food mm. even if it's nothing to do with the food it could yeah. be that we happen to have a stomach bug yeah. but we tend to associate it to that last thing it's that mm. sort of 
interoceptive response. There's mm. a term for it. I can't remember what, who the person that creates that is. Mm. Um, but but yeah. So again, th this happens you know quite a lot so in different mm. situations. We go into a situation, we get this feeling that comes mm. up, mm. and then we get lost in that feeling, and they mm. they become conditioned. Mm -hmm. But I think what's uh, but I think it's useful to have to be able to notice the feeling. I think this is where this whole concept of interoception is kind of useful for me. Uh, from a therapeutic perspective, it's to enable um, clients to have to experience that a little bit more clearly, so to speak, to pay more attention to what they might be experiencing from the inside, so to speak. What's kind of internal? What is it generated here? What is it that's coming from me? Because that helps also to set clearer boundaries in terms of, you know, this is me and this is what someone else, this is what I create here. And this is what's coming from someone else. So in terms of relationships, it's quite important to notice this is material that comes from within me. It has nothing to do with the other person. But if we can't separate that out, if it's always, um, if there's no um, boundary between me and someone else, I think that's often when we get into relational difficulties with other people. So interoception is one way of... Um, it's, it's, it's just highlighting the fact that it's very helpful and useful to do more of that kind of listening in, to have more clarity about what is it that I am, that I am experiencing in this moment. Yeah, and just to clarify and make it clear for anybody listening as well, to me, what you mean by that, and this may not be what you mean, you can also yeah. kind of let me know, yeah. is say, for example, you know, there's that tendency, like in a relationship, to think, they make me so angry. And you get that feeling of anger in your body, mm. like that mm. sort of faster blood flow. You mm -hmm. get the kind of, you know, the sympathetic nervous yep. response, the cortisol released in the system. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's taking it back and realising all your emotions start within you. So someone may say something, someone may do something. Mm. And there are certain things, if your life really was under threat, we would instantly go into that reaction, mm. that sympathetic reaction. Mm. But the other things, you know, but most of these situations aren't like mm. that. We get triggered by things that to somebody else, they may not be triggered. And mm -hmm. it's knowing that this is your response. Mm -hmm. I think, first of all, paying attention to actually, okay, when this person says this, what goes on inside of me? What's these feelings that I am experiencing? Mm -hmm. And again, knowing that these were learned from the past, like I talked about with mm. the conditioning yeah. with rats. Yeah. You know, it's a little different with mm. emotional situations, but there's many similarities. You, it may go back to something in childhood where mm. you, know, you were felt threatened in a situation at home mm -hmm. and because of a person's tone of voice or words that they used. So now when somebody uses those words, we automatically go into that conditioned way of responding emotionally and physically. We, our body releases mm. these things. Mm. And by having that interoception, we can tune in. This is my response. And that can also be used as part of our therapeutic approach by exploring, you know, actually, where does this mm. come from as well, rather than thinking this person makes me have these feelings. Exactly. It's just having more clarity about what are you experiencing? What am, sorry, what am I experiencing? So an anger is a very good example. Um, so very often, particularly in couple relationships, there's this projection out there to the partner. Why are you so angry? And very often, actually, what we discover in couples therapy, it's not really the partner's anger, it's my anger, yeah, yeah. that I'm projecting out there, which I find intolerable, so I pass it on to, attributed to my partner. So with this idea of interoception, taking yourself as the starting point and your own 
internal experiences as the starting point, you might have more clarity that that anger is actually yours. You are angry, yeah. right? And but the anger itself, I would say, isn't so much the interoception. That's the mm. label we put on sure. the internal experience sure. that we have with the sensation. Mm. So, and also when we start to notice, I'm having the sensation of tightness in my chest. I'm yep. having the sensation yep. in my stomach. Yep. That allows us to know that we have the emotion, but we're not the emotion. Mm -hmm. Because the problem is, something I'm angry. It's mm -hmm. like you are the emotion. Mm -hmm. But actually, the emotion is made up of sensations as well. And when we start to kind of be able to kind of tune in, I'm having these sensations, it can help you step back from mm. being pulled in to that, that rage yes. or that anger. Yes. No, I think this is a really good point as well. So the interoception enables you to, to also identify the physical, the physical mm. sensations, the sensory sensations that you have which you then associate with a particular emotion, like anger, yeah. for example, or sadness or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it gives you more information, sort of internal information about your state of, of mind also. Yeah. Your emotional state and therefore maybe also your state of mind. And the more clarity you have, the more descriptors, so to speak, you have of what you are experiencing, I think the more equipped, so to speak, you can go into communication, into conversation with your partner about... A particular situation that you experience as difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, following on from that, from what we're both talking mm. about, is you know, being able to be aware you're having those sensations helps you step back from being caught up in the emotion. Because that's mm. like you said, to have those mm. conversations, mm -hmm. you don't want to have them when you're caught up in the emotion. Yeah. How do you get free from them? And mm. certainly in my experience, for me, if I'm if something has triggered me, if I feel kind of um, mm. wound up by something, or if I feel overloaded, for example, you know, like sometimes mm. if there's so much going on, and sometimes I notice in my body that there's this sort of hyperness mm. where, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's sort of, um, you know, I notice myself getting mm. more overactive and my mm. sort of my heart rate's faster. I can, you know, for me, and, you know, I don't know if I really do, but I can, I, I, it's almost like I can feel the adrenaline mm. in my system. I can mm. feel the cortisol because mm. it's like mm. the whole physiology is feeling completely mm. different. Mm. You tune in and notice that actually this isn't just an emotion. This is mm. a chemical response yeah, in your body. Yes, and yes. for me, that's really useful because I know that if that's happening, I also need to do something physical to help release it. Yeah. I know, you know, in terms of, for example... Uh, traumatic situations. There are some things people talk about where you know, animals will shake mm. after they've been in shock, for example, mm. or been in you know some difficult mm. situation. And if that shaking, when we do that as well, that can help mm. you to kind of to get some of these release some of these emotions. For me, you know, doing quite intense exercise is is almost always the way that I'm going to help release some of these mm. chemicals. And I know after I've done that, I feel completely different. And just thinking is, is not going to do it no. for me. No, you know, no. I can think to the cows come home, but, <laughs> you know, I'm still going to have this, these chemicals in my system and I can feel them. Mm, absolutely. Now, this is a really good example. Yeah. So, I mean, physical exercise is really a really helpful way for lots of people yeah, to, to down-regulate if you feel like you're hyperactive in particular. Yeah. yeah. To kind of bring, bring your sensations or your sensory experience to... to soothe them so to speak yeah, yeah. And, and for me I, I mean I may be 
biased mm. in the way that my perspective on this, but I think it's, I think mm. it's essential because if mm. you've got the chemicals there, mm. you need to help them flow. And it could just be walking, going for a brisk walking. walk. It doesn't it's have great. to be extreme. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for me, doing something very intense, it is the thing that I know this is going to let these mm. things flow through. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well, in, in terms of just to relax, you know, to be able to relax as well, you have to know what tension feels like. Mm-hmm. And this is the other thing where, you know, frequently when I work with clients with anxiety, um, I tend not to teach emotional regulation strategies when they're in the anxious state or to use that because they can get linked together. So people start to kind of associate, oh, when they're anxious, they need to breathe slowly. Mm -hmm. But then the breathing gets associated with the anxiety. And there's a term for this, which... I can't quite remember, but I this has been either. shown that yeah. you know, they can link together. That's good but point. I think it's really useful to practice regularly uh, regulation techniques and just sort of relaxation techniques mm. to help their system be more balanced. Yeah, like so with a sympathetic, uh, parasympathetic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, Jacobson's progressive muscle relaxation is a great way of experiencing this difference between tension and relaxation that you just described. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I was going to mm. mention because you know, mm. for me that's a great way of increasing your interoceptive mm. ability because mm. by tensing the muscles first, you tune into what tension feels like. Mm-hmm. And then when you release, you get much more sense of a difference mm-hmm. because most of us don't really know what tension feels like. I mean, mm-hmm. you go through the day and tension builds up. Mm-hmm. Because tension is usually an unconscious thing. It's an unconscious process mm-hmm. that happens as a response to situations that cause stress of some mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that builds up through the day. So you may notice like the end of the day, your shoulders are tense or your back's sore. You haven't noticed it during the day because, you know, your attention has been elsewhere. Or you haven't built up that interoceptive sort of awareness. Mm-hmm. I think by regularly practicing something like tension relaxation, by scanning your body through the day and actually noticing things like tension building up, you can release it more quickly rather than let it build up mm. over the day and mm. become something more. Yes, absolutely. So that's a really good example, isn't it, of of practicing your interoceptive qualities, if that's what we call that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know whether that's a term, but yeah, this idea of kind of getting more or awareness. Awareness, exactly. Getting more in touch with that, with your internal sensations in that way. That helps you to to experience yourself differently. Yeah, yeah, and also knowing that you know, even though you, as you're listening to this, you you may you know people who have anxiety, they may think, well, yeah, but I'm aware of my heart sometimes beating mm. really fast. Mm. It's known that we do sometimes distort this too, and mm. sometimes we may think that our heart is beating fast, but it's not. Mm. And if it's measured, we may see that knowing that it's not what you think is the case is not always the case, and not to get fooled into your mind's mm. kind of distortions. So don't get fooled into that sort of. Um, the way that your mind says it is rather than as it is. Mm, that's right. So, so this is the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really, um, so it's an invitation, I suppose, today's or episode today is an invitation to kind of get to know yourself a little bit more in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say, you know, a great way to do that is mm. by uh, practicing progressive muscle relaxation, which, mm. um, you know, if you look up on the internet, you'll find lots of different recordings and YouTube taking mm. you through this different guides and that's a really simple way to kind mm. of practice this yeah so any kind of practice effectively which enables you to tune in a little bit more to your internal bodily processes would be helpful 
Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I used to run stress management courses in organisations and mm. I'd take in some little uh, biofeedback devices. And biofeedback used to be mm. very popular, mm. which was you can actually see the response in your body to what's going on in your mind mm. and tune into those feelings. And that when you're thinking of something stressful, the temperature in your fingers will change quite dramatically, Absolutely. actually. Yeah. And you'd see that through practice, you can you know become aware of what's happening and change some of that response. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's really fascinating. And, and I think it's really important to be able to be more interoceptive. Yeah, that's the takeaway message for today, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah, please head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we've got lots of resources to help you improve your relationships. Uh, you can also take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your conflict style in relationships. And press subscribe right now. We look forward to speaking with you next time. Take good care until then. Bye.